You're listening to part two of Natasha's chat with Lena Buckle Fraser. So tell me about um, Lena. Yeah, yeah. You were t- you were telling me about that you, because obviously you put your hand to a lot of things, and you're a very capable person, right? And you you can do whatever you want to do, and you've done a lot in your life. I've done that. You, you've lived a full life. After I grew my children up, I went out to Mount House because trying to support. Five Is that that the Gibb? Gibb River? River Road, yeah. Yep. But my first job after I after I left him, yeah, I stayed with Mum and Dad. On, on the same street, on the same street, because I came back to the same street to get a house there so I can be next to mum and dad's. But they were getting on in their lives. And I, my first job was working as a waitress at the Hong Kong Cafe, Louis, Louis, the, the Chinese cafe. Yes. Peter Boy. Yes. P- Peter Louis. Well, his father yeah. and his uh, mother or his, uh, his um, adopted mother yeah. was Melly Sibisado. Okay. Well, it's to be Sarah from family, yeah. from uh, Lomadina. Yes. And she was with Louie and she had Pingy, Pingy. Pingy does all the... Um, Catering today? No, no, she she does all the markets, uh, making the making the little, oh, what's this? Potatoes? Eh? Potatoes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Potato and the and the little buns. Pingy, Pingy does it every time in the markets there. Yeah. And you've got sugar spread over it. Donuts. Yes. Donuts. Yes, yes. Well, 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 Pingy's mother, she showed me how to be a waitress. Wow. And I was, I I had my children bring, bring them up there and mum and dad used to look after them while I used to go to work. From Boy. That, from that four o'clock till um, eight o'clock. At Shift. The, at the cafe. Yes. And that's where I met a Greek man. I fell in love with a Greek man. <laughs> and he wanted to take me and my children back to Thessalonica in, 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 in uh, Greece. But I said, no, I said, I'll come to the Fitzroy River. I can't have to break your heart. <laughs> so I stayed there with mum and dad and helped, they helped me grow the children up. Yeah. And then I thought it was too much for them, so I got a job cooking. I went back to the Ringer for one year, but there was only five to start off with cooking and then to one. Yes. That was too much. Right. So I got a, applied for a job and I got a job at Mount House. Yeah. And that was full on. Yeah. Uh, the, we used to bake 32 loaves of bread a day. Oh, my goodness. We used to bake 18, two, two lots of cribs, uh, buns for the crib to take out. Yes. And then we'd have people coming in to buy land that was from America. Yep. And that was from King Ranch in Texas. Yep. Because my boss told me, Richard Blythe, Richard and Rachel, I went over there, over there with them with my two youngest sons. To, to go to Texas and America. Yeah. But he said, get your passport and everything ready so you can travel with us when I was cooking on the station. Yes. So I had that experience of going there and showing them how I could ride horses and I was riding their quarter horses. Wow. They would bring their quarter horses over here to Derby, uh, to Mount House, with their Santa Catruda cattle. Yes. Yeah, but I showed them there and this boss of mine said to the manager there, he said, you watch this cookie, she know how to ride a horse. <laughs> Oh, no, we'll show how to, how to ride American horses. Well, yeah. I had a race for them and I won the race and they bet, put $100 bets on. And I came back a million year with about $500 for my children. And this oh, is how good is them that? How, how, how my dad taught me how to ride a horse. How good is that? That was like a little bit of a secret weapon. Don't even tell them that you can ride. Yeah. Yeah, I lied in the and this, Yeah. And we flew over with the, with the, with the beach, with the um, beef... Beechcraft Bonanza, that was a plan. Okay. And it had the chandelier, crystal goblets and 
whiskey glasses and all this in this in this in this plane, eh? Okay. This, this Americans. <laughs> wow. And all in the years, this one American. That's another story of my life. Yes. This, he he had he set eyes on me because he knew I was intelligent for riding horses. Yes. So he was coming back to the Kimberleys to set up different stations back along the years. Yes. And he and he wanted me to be his offsider. Yes. In other words, you know, he fell in love with me, the poor soul. You know, because I said, you live in Texas, I live in the Kimberleys in the, next, in the Fitzroy River, I said. I said, and he said, well, I'll buy you a plane and you can, you can fly back in. I'll teach you how to fly and you can fly back to Texas and be with me. Sorry, darling, I said, but I'll have to break your heart. That was the second heart I broke. That's why I brought up my children by myself all my years. Wow. Amazing, hey? Okay, so you've always loved cooking, Helena. You yeah, from from riding horses to cooking. Those to cooking. So you, I mean, what what did you really love to do? Was it between those two things? Yeah, because from working with Amset Airlines, I was working sixty three sixty three meals plus one alternate meal, and that was a separate meal. So we'd give that to the the, the pilot and the co pilot. Yeah. So if, if there was anything wrong with the meal, one of the pilots were able to fly the plane. But in all my years of cooking, yeah. I never poisoned anybody. They all survived <laughs> their journey. <laughs> so how did that work? How did you get a contract with ANSET? Because you were saying that you were supplying well, their, what, what was it? Um, meals. Meals. Yeah. Meals. In-flight. In-flight meals. Yes, yes. And we had a place called In-Flight Catering across from the Caravan Park in Derby. Who owned it? Whose business was it? Well, Auntie Norma Briley, yeah. Archie from the Archie family. Yes. She was manager there. Okay. And her sisters was Annie May Smith, Annie Patsy Silas. Okay. And we had a big, big potato machine in the back. You'd press it. Yes. And the water would spray it and it would, and it would wash all the skin off it. Wow. By the potatoes going no around. No peeling? It. No peeling. Wow. And then you just just peel the odd, odd yes. deep parts after. Yes. But we'd have roast, um, roast, a roast fish, barramundi. Yes. Roast... Um, beef, yes. Rolled roast beef. And I used to make all that. How I was taught on the station, yes. And and trim it up with all with all the trimmings around it. You guys did a great job because I remember going on Anset as a young woman and having those hot meals. Yeah, and they it was don't on serve the white, them anymore white now. Dishes, those little white dishes. Yes. Yeah, and the, and the puddings I used to make. Um, Boy, I must have ate a few of your meals flying around here and there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there must have been uh, a bread and butter pudding. Um, Apple slice with the, with the um, if it was an apple, it was pineapples from the garden. Yes. In Mount House. I used to get all the pineapple, they used to send it to me. Amazing. Mm, and, and all those all those sort of things like that. Apricot. We used to, yeah, but. <laughs> wow. So and how long did you do that for, Lena? Uh, four, four years. Wow. In flight catering until Ansett fell out and, yes. and the other, and, um, and the other, uh, Planes took over. Yes. Yes. So that's when we had to stop, and then that's when I went cooking, cooking to the YWCA, Young yeah. Women's Country Association, or yeah. whatever. And that hostel, hostel, the MMA. Yeah. Oh, that's an MMA took over. Then I think it was something like that. Okay. Mm. I mean, Anset itself, you know, yeah. and hasn't existed for decades. And MMA, then Mac Robertson Miller. Yep, and then and then Anset or whatever something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Cooking for all those amazing. And I used to make my own ice cream. Really? For the plans, yeah, for the jets, yeah. 
Wow. And we had barley flights. Uh, nine, uh, six, six passengers for barley pl- flights every once a month. We'd do a, a barley flight. Yes. Yeah. And that was getting up at 2 o'clock and going to work in the morning at 2 o'clock. Really? Yeah. And I used to have a yellow, yellow old station wagon. Yes. And that used to get me from McClarty Street to, you know, go to work there. Wow. So, so tell me, you've, you've pretty well spent most of your life growing up in Derby, right? Yeah. Pretty Not much. I mean, other you, than Mount House, Labringa, and yeah, Derby. but this has been your main base. My main base, base all my years. All your years. Yes. Wow. From from working with with um at that YWCA. Yep. And then I I started having to wear glasses. Yes. So I said, oh, well, that's it, because I'm because those days the glasses from the perspiration slips down, <laughs> and you're trying to hold it up while you're making your your delicacy and making it right and all that without without no you know ill haps so people won't get sick so uh, i left left that cooking and i went to work as an ot physio and that is coming into the 80s and 1980s okay and from there working as an ot occupational therapist and doing physio because physio physio was always I was in between Numbla and Unger in the district hospital right. treating treating people. Right. But we'd do, I'd get all the people doing, making stubby holders. Yep. Doing the tanning the leather. Yes. Show them how to tan the leather. Yes. And then we'd have one cooking day making damper with golden syrup. Yeah. And the staff used to come down for that because they knew they'd get a feed of nice, nice uh, damp, fresh, freshly baked damper in the, in the oh, nice. electric, electric um, little gas. Yes. No, no little Electric uh, stove, eh? yep. yeah. And the old pa- people, I'd give them their little 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 quota of flour and water. Yes. So that so they'd be there happy to make the damper, but they putting it too much water or too stiff, too not enough water. Yeah. Cookie, cook this, cook this for me now. I want to eat this mungery. I want to eat this mungery cookie <laughs> and all that. <laughs> and the and the staff used to come down for their morning tea because they'd have a nice because I'd make one special one quickly. Yes. And not a nice flat damper like that on the on this pan. Yeah. We'll be ready there for the staff to come down. My two sons were working there as 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 health workers then. Yes. As Neil and Neil and Lance. Yeah. yeah. You know you know, cooking a really lovely meal is a really a special talent. Of course. That some people have. Not everybody. Not everybody. And I remember my mother's older sister, she could just make a delicious meal out of almost nothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you, that's a talent, and it's a talent on on its on its own because you have to decorate it and make it look presentable, oh, eh? Look, and this I is just... what we learned from parents. Yeah, be presentable, you know, in your body and in your work, what you're doing. Oh, you gotta you gotta always um, do quality work. You've got to be, you know, present things in an excellent manner. I think. Yeah, because it reflects you, it reflects your family. It's mm. good to to do things, mm. you know, really well. I think. And then then from cooking at Mount House. The Americans coming over. Yeah, there'd be four or five of them. Yeah, and you'd have to cook five course meals plus yes. my three course meals for the workers. Yes, and from the Americans, they had their own um, uh, butlers. They'd bring yeah. bring them over and just to help. Yeah, and they'd help me peel the veggies and stuff like that. But the Aboriginal girls would—that was their line of work. Yeah, and I'd teach them. They'd do it the correct way. Get all the Get all the kinks out of the potato and stuff like that, you know. Yes, mm. amazing. Make our bread, make our all sorts of sweets, and I used to make pumpkin scones, fresh herbal scones, scones in those days. Yes, that was my days, and I only had the CWA cookbook. Wow, to learn as well. Yeah, and I achieved all these 
all these different meals. Yes. Um, spaghetti bolognese, hot curry, mild curry, uh, uh, different different uh, pastry, sweet and sour, sweet and sour. Jams. I'd give them a different variety of meals every day. Yeah, wow. Not the same um, corned beef and damper or corned beef and vegetables or yeah. corned beef and white sauce or something. Yeah. It was always with a, with a, with Some, a different type of... Something it. different, eh? Different, yeah. Wow. So what have you, over the years, what have you enjoyed the most or have you just enjoyed life in general? You've enjoyed all of it. What do you think? Well, raising up small children, yeah. <clears throat> um, my thing was I joined the darts team and that was only one night one night to go out. That was on a Tuesday. Yes. I became captain of our darts team. Okay. And we called ourselves the outlaws because we were all <laughs> half-caste girls. And... When we'd, when we'd beat the the white yeah. society, yes. the ones with the toffee nose, <laughs> <laughs> when we'd beat them, <laughs> yeah. well, they'd just get annoyed with us because us half-caste girls, we, we beat them in playing darts. Our thing was triple 17, double 17. Eh? That was the highest score. <laughs> I remember that as the captain of our darts. And that was my one night out for my children. And, and, I, and I'd do that. Because Sunday, Sunday, that I'd get them all up to come to mass with me, and we'd all go to mass. We'd sing in the church with the yes. with, the, with the Holy Rosary, with the yes. with the um, uh, Irish nuns, and yes. sing all our hymns, first, second, and third. I learned all that from the Irish nuns. Yes, <laughs> that was my one night. But out. Tuesday was your night out. Yeah, yeah, to go. And then yeah. Sunday after mass, we'd go out the river because I had that station wagon. And I didn't have just my five children. I had their friends. Yes. That packed them all in the station wagon. When we get out off the road, they'd be up in the roof rack up the top <laughs> like black cockatoos squawking, you know, and, and happy to be out. They'd carry their spears. But then when we'd go out, I had my twenty two rifle. Yeah. And we'd shoot the kangaroo or the turkey or the emu just to, just to cook it in the ground and have a good feed. Just to have lunch. And to throw the net and get the charambas. Oh. And that was, that was in the... What a life, eh? Yeah, that was in the 60s, 70s. Wow. Right up to 80s till my son's... Till I had that back injury. Yes. In 85 when I was working as OT physio. Yes. Uh, transferring a... I, I used to take people down to the amenities as a number of Nunga. Yep. I'd work in both number of Nunga and district hospital. Yeah. And taking them down to the to the amenities room for the morning. Yeah. And this woman, one old old lady, screaming and screaming, but, but it was winter time and she didn't like to go for a shower because she thought it was a cold shower. Yes. So I left her to last. So I went down taking all the all the all the um patients down for the morning. John Wyndham, David Fairfield. Yes. John Wyndham used to do macrame. Yep. David Fairfield used to do latch latch hookwork rugs. Yes. Taking all the rugs with a pattern of the dingo yeah. or the crocodile on his rug. Yes. And this was this was this was a station man from riding horses and when they had to when he got sick and had to come in from getting knocked off the horse and hitting his head on the rock. Yes. And then he had to be in Nambalananga as a you know, patient there. So they were happy making these Making these latch uh, hook hook latch um, uh, rugs. Yes. And David uh, Bill John Wyndham used to do macrame. Yeah. Make the plant pot, pot plant holders. Yes. And, and, and on the hook. Yeah, they were very popular back in yeah. the day. Everybody had these macrame. Yeah. And then pot holders. And then uh, my boss Sue Sue Ryan Sue Tonkin. Yes. She got us a uh, pottery stand so they could make all the 
you know, on the wheel, yes, and um, make their make their yes. make their jars and bottles uh, uh, bottles to sell. We'd help Matron Betty Poole. We'd have we'd have our own market to yep. go down to our own things to sell to fundraise for Nambalanga. Yes, and by making all these pottery and stuff, and the and the patients, I'd give them the the clay, and they'd make out emus, crocodile, goanna, turkey. And they'd make it out of the clay. Yes. And then we'd and they put their names on the bottom. <coughs> they'd either because they couldn't take it home because they were there for life. Yeah. <coughs> and we take it down to the markets, or we'd have markets at Nambalanangara on the Friday, Saturday morning. Yes. And that was a fundraiser to help help the matron Betty Poole to have money for the. And that was I what I yeah. used to do. And then I used to play the guitar and sing. Oh really? Sing and because I taught my all my children for doing that. Wow. And that's how they became singers. Really? And, and then with later on with my grandchildren growing up yes. from the Buckles, yep. we won country music for the Moonrise Festival when it was first starting. Yes. Lance Buckle, yes. Junior, he was two and a half, and he had his little banjo. Wow. And his father, Lance Buckle, my son, was in the wheelchair from Agent Orange when right. he had that, had that big um, stroke and he had... And he had a big tumour on the side of his head. Yes. But he, he was playing his guitar. Yeah. And I was singing. Linnell Buckle was playing her guitar. Yep. Serena was singing. Ernest was playing his guitar. Yes. Good. Not like how he played the guitar now, Ernest. Yes. And 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 <coughs> Craig Buckle. He, they were all young then. Yep. And and he was he was he had the boab nuts as little rattlers. Yes. And we sang black boy, white boy. Wow. And we won for that, for that, for that country music, for that. Where was it? Was it here at in the Derby? Derby? At the Derby Racecourse. Yeah, how come those music festivals don't happen anymore? Well, everybody's too busy competing and not doing, not going how they... We started the long table dinner here. Yeah, which uh, is coming uh, up again soon, I see. Yeah, yeah, and we started that. Then Broom took over and started long, long table dinner at the Cable Beach. Yes. And we started that here on the marsh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, some of these community events, they're really important and I think people maybe have lost a little bit of the understanding of how important community, positive community events are. Yeah, well, from that... community. Yeah, from that that, uh, jetty, uh, from that race course... Yeah. We we had a platform built-up stage so we could sing on that and and all (coughs) that tiles, we made the steps and I got the children involved, all the children, school children to make their little patterns on these tiles. And I think it's still there unless children had knocked it over because they don't use it anymore. Yeah. But we had all those things. Wow. And that was on the side of the Rodeo Yard there and the race course there. Yeah. And we had all the, had had that stage with all the amplifiers and everything. Other than that, from in-flight, teaching the children and then having that stroke. Yes. And then withdrawn... And then my sisters worked up at D- Darwin Hospital, mm-hmm. so they asked me to come up there to have more because there was only one one physio here at the time because I couldn't walk and I couldn't talk. I was all carrying a notebook. I still carry the notebook and pencil to to you know get by because when, when I had that stroke, I couldn't function. What I had to do with this modern day technology, I'm trying to learn all that, but I get confused with what I'm trying to do. Oh, I get confused. Too. But I learned all that, you know, <coughs> and. Uh, yeah, learned all that. Wow. 
So you've been to a lot of places. Yeah. You've done a lot of things in your lifetime. My dad, when he started out, they were trying to find good land from being taken away from the riverside. Yes. And when he was about 11, 12, we went with the the, um, missionaries up up with a lugger up to, up to, and they started, they opened out Columbaroo. Okay. And the Spanish was yep. there, so they called it Columbaroo. Okay. And I always address Columbaroo <laughs> when I speak to Spanish yes. priests and nuns, eh? Yes. And I, now the one retired from Columbaroo. Yes. And he's down at Nunosia. Right. So I go and visit him. Yes. At Colum- at um, Nunosia from Columbaroo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, an, and the nun... Sister Pat, I think her name was. She's in in the second-hand shop in Halls Creek. Yes. So I send her bags of clothes from here. Yep. For for the uh, for the opportunity opportunity shop in Halls Creek. Yeah. Because all my children all spread out. <coughs> I had the eldest son in Halls Creek. Yep. And in our language, gr- grandmother. Yeah. They call me Gumbra. Gumbra. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the ones on this side, um, they call you Mim. Mimi, yeah, Mim, Mim or Jaja, Jaja. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Yeah. So, Lini, you've done a lot in regards to language preservation. Yeah, and, and keeping the Nugina language. Yeah, strong. And I came to this, came to this station, the radio station here, and yeah. broadcast, put on broadcast with my granddaughter, teaching the language and the historical side of Derby in so the language. Important. So and important. And I've done all that in tapes to be broadcast on the radio. Yes. Yeah. That's that fantastic. That. Yeah. That's that's very very important mm. content. Content. Yeah. And then when I think, yeah, and then yeah. when I when I was able to walk and talk a bit better, I came back from Darwin from Palmerston after living there ten years. Yes. But in the meantime, my daughter and my sons were getting affected from Agent Orange. So yes. I used to I couldn't travel by plane because of the used to block my I used to get blocked nose yes. not travelling by plane, so I'd have to travel by bus. Right. And if I was just getting off to Derby to see the family here to help them a little bit more. Yes. I'd be flying down to, I'd be busing down to Perth. My son, Neil or Jimmy, would meet me at the bus stop in Derby with a corned beef sandwich and, yes. a, and, a, and a nice cup of coffee or nice. a cup of tea so I can go on my way to travel down to Charlie Gardner Hospital. Lovely. From Trying to get from Darwin to Charlie Gardner Hospital or to Royal Perth Hospital to see my daughter. Yes. Charlie Gardner Hospital was to see my son, Lance Buckle, when he was going through through that Agent Orange of being a cripple. And, wow. Yeah, and still trying to play his guitar. Wow. And then he met Francine Buckle, Francine Levere. Yes. And they got married. How did Agent Orange happen? Well, that Nagora Burr. It's all that, back all to that. All that from that Nagora yeah. Burr when, they, when the... People started wanting to do rice farms. Yes. On 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 the on the riverside from Lavringa Camballon. I remember that. Mm. And that's where I met that Yankee now from Texas, from America. Want to buy you a plane? Yeah, want to buy me the plane? <laughs> and 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 he's seen me there riding horses. So he said, "Here," he said, "because um, the station manager gave us the shotgun, so we can blast it off into the air to scatter all the birds from eating the rice and yes. eating the wheat." Yes. Uh, 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 there was a black cockatoos, white cockatoos, emus. Yes, anything. Geese, and all the ducks, yes. all the kangaroos. And we used to be going around and around and circle around this paddock where they were doing the rice farms yes. with their shotgun. And yes. that's how that American seen me. Oh, I met this met this young girl, young, 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 uh, young 
rider there with her father, Fulgentius Fraser, and she was riding horses, but she was riding shotgun, he said. <laughs> so I kept an eye on her all those years until I got to her when she was able to, to think about getting married. And, and, and I, I was inquiring, at, inquiring for her at the Mount of Meeting and I said, she was riding shotgun. She's here somewhere in Derby. I don't think she'd leave the place. So I waited till he finished talking and I went to him and I said, I'm the Lena. You look, <gasps> Lena, my love, he said, come and... And he had his two sons, Jim and John, come and meet your mother. We're going to get married. The poor thing, he was excited. <laughs> but I said, like as I said, I'm a river girl and you're, you're over in Texas. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was that Texan. But but then I was on my way down to Perth. I, I kept in touch with him all the years. Yes. And, you know we kept in touch. He'd yeah. come and pick me up, and we'd do a where he had his farms out on the riverside, up Fossil Downs, and all those places. Yeah, I travelled around with him. But uh, what about your boyfriend from Greece? Did you keep in touch with him? Oh no, well, well, he went on. He went on his way because that was that was when I first after my first after my marriage when I when I was first. But that was, I was too young then to yes, you know, get involved. I said no, Greece is too far. Thessalonica is too far away. But I could speak um, I could I could speak Greek and I know understand Greek. Yeah, and I have to say that the different people they look at me. Where do you know Greek from? Well, I lived in the Kimberleys all my life, like. Join us for part three of Natasha's chat with Lena Buckle-Fraser on the next episode. Stay connected with us by following Kimberly Jiggers on all social media platforms, rate and review the podcast on iTunes and share the podcast with your family and friends.